Hi, friend, and welcome to Grab Your Light, the podcast, a podcast for young women of color who are trying to navigate a breakup, divorce, or co-parenting relationship with wisdom and grace, and all while maintaining their mental and emotional well-being. I'm Lauren, your host, and while I am no expert, I have been through it, and so now I'm here to walk you through it. So let's talk about it. Hi, friends. So I am here with a very special guest. This month, we are talking all about the importance of talking with your children, preparing your children while going through a breakup, separation, or divorce. And so this episode, I want to talk about the importance of looping in your child's teacher, whether they are in preschool or all the way through high school. And so I have Ava's teacher, who was Miss Saunders at the time and is now Mrs. Bailey. And I have her here um, to just sort of, you know, go down memory lane with me about what it was like um, with my daughter at the time. And then also to give us some of her wonderful wisdom and tips um, on how you can navigate this as well. Um, and so I'm going to let Miss Saunders introduce herself and then we'll get into it. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Mrs. Bailey and I'm glad to talk about such a, it's like this thing is kind of one of those topics that gets kind of like swept under the rug. It's a little detail that's very important. So I'm glad that I was able to be on and share this with you. I am to um, a divorce a divorced woman, recently married, praise God, remarried. <laughs> praise so, God. There is life after divorce. But um, <laughs> being in that in that scene and then also experiencing on the other hand and dealing with families that are going through it, um, I'm here to, you know, represent us. So thank Perfect. you for having me. Of course, of course. So as I have mentioned many times in my podcast, in my blog, anyone who knows the story now knows that when my marriage ended, Ava was two. Um, she was like two and a half. So she was in the two-year-old class and it was still all very fresh. So I told that teacher, but she was still very young. It didn't seem to matter too much. When she got to the three-year-old class is when she had Mrs. Bailey as a teacher and things, it was real. Like it, it had, at that point, it had become obvious that me and her dad were not getting back together. Um, we were starting the whole process of going to court and, you know, custody papers and child support and all of that. Um, and then also when they're three, apparently there's like tons of little milestones that they're hitting and things I'm supposed to do. And I just remember being in kind of a fog and not quite knowing how I was supposed to navigate all of that. And so I told her teachers more so so they would just know if I'm crying, if Ava's crying, um, if she's having any behavior that seems out of the norm, they'll know what's going on. I didn't even realize that in telling you guys, you would then be able to help me Mm -hmm. reach those milestones, you know? So I think the one that stands out for me the most is her potty training. I wanted no parts of <laughs> potty training. <laughs> it felt like such a huge task I had to do. 
And like, I'm just trying to survive life at this point. I, I couldn't care less if she needed to to wear actual panties or sit on a toilet. Like right. she had a potty, but it was more like for show in the bathroom. Like she would sit that. on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she would sit on it while like talking to me in the bathroom. Neither one of us were trying to make her actually use the potty. And I remember you just kind of very gently always reminded me like this is the time like she cannot progress to the four-year-old class if she does Mm -hmm. not do this and I'm like well I don't know how I'm supposed to do it and how's it supposed to go and you were very much like okay well let's start here Mm -hmm. and then let's start there and like I'm telling you she's ready she's doing this at school like you're the one that's lagging Mm -hmm. (laughs) get it together And so I think that that was like the unintended benefit of looping in the teacher. And so I don't know if you want to, you know, chime in there. If there were other things. Um, Just you talking about it. I'm going down memory, going back down memory lane with you and almost in tears because um, you, you all went through it, but we went through it with you. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it it makes me emotional because it's, it's two things. It's not like a sad, but it's a victory because look where we are now, but then just being able to have this village so that we know that we shared this, we went through it and um, we got here and we got able to where she's supposed to be. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, this is definitely a this is a good segue in talking into looping the teachers in. As an educator, I've been teaching uh oh, I wanna say it's been 17 years now. And I've been at the preschool for 15. So okay. um we okay. are a part, deeply a part of parents in the children's lives so much because it is early. It's the early stages of learning. So this is where we get to see all of those milestones being hit with them developing and just to being a student and being mm-hmm. aware of the world and everything around them. So when things in the home change or when they're different, it's important for us to know because it helps us navigate with the child because the child is learning about its about their self and learning about the environment in them. And if we are not aware of certain changes um, certain disconnects or abrupt, it kind of leaves us in the dark and we're kind of, we start to try to peddle or try to figure out what's going on with the child. So the fact that you let us know it's sensitive because who really wants to tell their business, you know, who wants to be mm-hmm. let out there and you don't want to be, you don't want to feel shame. You don't want anyone to feel sorry for you. You don't want anybody to judge. So, um, it was very brave of you to go ahead and tell us. I remember hearing it kind of like a little bit from the previous teacher, like, okay, this is what we're dealing with, but it was in the embryonic stages. So yes, by the time she did get to me, it was like, okay, we're here. So my position was to just support both of you, support Mm -hmm. mom and to support dad for the best interest of Ava to get her to where she needed to be. Already knowing your personality and dad's personality was a plus, Mm -hmm. That was a plus because I was able to kind of filter through both of you so that it wouldn't be any type of tension or drama. Um, And then kind of seeing where Ava was because Ava was at the point of of becoming her, who she was going to be. Um, We we was recognizing that she was a shy individual, that she was an introvert, that, you know, that Mm -hmm. um, academically she needed to be pushed. It was things in her, but she's the kind of person that you have to push it out of. So just, you know, discovering those things about her and then noticing that her whole environment, you know, her regular had turned upside down. It was important for us to know. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. 
And then I think you touched on this earlier. I want to come back to it is how much do we actually need to tell the teachers? I know when I've told other friends of mine going through a divorce at the same preschool, they're like, oh, no, I'm not telling anybody my business. Somebody needs to know that. And I told them, you don't have to be as forthcoming as I have been. You can simply Mm -hmm. say like, hey, you know, we went from a two parent household to a one parent household or Mm -hmm. something like that. Does that sound about right? How much information should they give? Um, I always say we are family together, even though it's not seen that way. But the teacher is actually co-parenting with the parents. Mm-hmm. So not not to make it sound like, oh, okay, we have to be in your business, but we kind of do. So all the information <laughs> is is kind of good. Um because you you don't really know which way to go if you so anytime there is an in, interruption or um, some type of switch in the child's regular routine, those are things that we need to know. We need to know if certain people are now going to be picking the child up. Um, if the times are different from them being picked up, we need to know who's the person spending time with the child the most because homework projects, mm-hmm. uh, information, things like when school is closed, when we have short days, uh, when, yeah. you know, it's holiday time coming up. So, um, when that flow has been interrupted, that's, those are the things that the teacher should be aware of. Now, details between the, the couple or what is going on within the divorce. Those are things that we do not need to know. That's not, you know, that's not a part <laughs> of our business, but anything that has to do with the child and what their environment is going to be like, we should know. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And then what are some tips you can give for kind of talking to our children about it, helping them through the process, anything like that? I do want to shed light to the parents and just, again, um, I feel like I'm an influencer at this point, just to make sure that they are aware of how many hours your child spends with the teacher. Mm -hmm. We, the teachers probably see more of milestones being accomplished and development being accomplished more than the parents because we are with them a lot. We spend a lot of hours with them. I used to know the exact hours um, and, and everything, but I didn't forget. But we spend a lot of time with them. And because we spend a lot of time with them, we know their children better than they do. And it's hard to, it's a, a hard pill to swallow, but it's truth. It's truth because we have witnessed your child in its rare form both the manipulator and the sweet, innocent child. We've witnessed the mischievous child. We've witnessed, you know, all of these personalities that are coming out of your child. When at home, you're getting one part of your child. So we spend a lot of time. So because we spend a lot of time, we are probably the most valuable with helping them navigate and go through the divorce. Mm. Um, We're part of their emotional and social development. We are part of their cognitive development. We're a part of their uh, physical development. So Mm. having the knowledge of certain things always helps. So even if it wasn't divorce, if it was anything from sickness in the family, death in the family, anything that causes a, a disruption is important for your child's teacher to know. So what, that's important to know because in receiving information, tips, and you know, advice from your teacher, you would take it a little bit more openly because you realize that the teacher is not coming from a place of trying to tell you how to raise your child or telling you what to right. do, but more so as an advocate for your child, advocating for your child in ways that probably you can't see or you are probably not aware of. Because again, all those days and times we're seeing where the effect is. 
Uh, a lot of times children, will, when they're in a home where it's two parent, the child is very good at masking how they really feel about mm-hmm. being split. You really don't see it. Parents project how they feel on the children and what they feel becomes what they think the child feels. In other words, like, oh, it's a divorce happening. So I know my child is, is going through. That might not be the case for some children. Some children are right. fine. Um, then you have some children that are really heartbroken um, and you have some children that just can't get it right. So we will be able to note that because we are, you know, we are like masters of the child's patterns. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I would say that it's very, very important to for um for teachers, number one, teachers and parents to be flexible with the expectations. Uh, as educators, we definitely have to be sensitive to um, certain things that we expect for the parents to do and we expect for the children to do because now there's been a switch, there's been a change. Mm-hmm. So being flexible with those expectations are different. For example, with uh, you with the potty. Now, mm-hmm. normally, now for those of you that don't know, I'm like a warden of teachers. Um, so... <laughs> For, for certain circumstances, I had to be a little bit more sensitive with you and I had to be a little bit more patient with Ava mm-hmm. because it was, you know, a, a certain situation. I knew that she was ready to go, but I knew that mom was having an issue, right? Yeah. Dad was more lackadaisical. So mm-hmm. he's just like, okay, whatever y'all say. Um, so <laughs> being flexible with that expectation, I knew that coming into my class, that even though she was supposed to be at already at a such certain point, it wasn't something that we beat against your head. It was yeah. like, okay, we're going to, we're going to push you through it. So me telling you what to do and giving you the tools that was being flexible with the expectations opposed to, uh, opposed to just being like, you know, why she's not fully potty trained yet. Why are we still having issues with this? Um, yeah. Because that that push and not being open to her meeting those expectations would have made her shut down. Um, mm-hmm. It would have made you shut down. So, you know, just being flexible with the expectations, especially with things like time. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. that time change. Sometimes kids might be late because dad might be late and mom might be on time or maybe mom is on time and, and um, mom is late and dad is on time. So just being flexible when you notice like different things. Another thing is um, as educators, uh, we have to make sure that we make communication inclusive and make sure that our language to the child doesn't um, exemplify one that is like, Oh, you got, your parents are not together anymore. Mm. Or there's you know, a slight difference. So using things like um, um, tell the person who you were with or tell the person who, you know, watched you or whatever, opposed to tell them or tell your mom or tell your dad, because that leaves inference that there's something different and yeah. that there's yeah. a change. And then the child might start to feel like, well, who am I supposed to be with? Well, who, you know, who should yeah. I be with? So just making sure that the communication is inclusive and that um, same thing with speaking to the other parents, making Mm -hmm. sure that um, your conversations is open, that you're not just giving one set of conversation to the parent and not the other. That's very important. And just to go a little extra, because we are a part of the village, um, making sure you're prepared to intercede and pray with both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was times where I, I had to speak to Abel's father and support him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Just be there for him, too, because he's a parent. That's Abel's dad. So yeah. he's a part of our village. So it's important that I hold him up, too. And there there are times where, you know, 
he he might have not have done a project and I knew like okay you slacking <laughs> so I couldn't I couldn't talk about him to you because that wouldn't be fair that's not having my communication be inclusive and supporting both of you and then it would make it will make the child feel some type of way. So just, you know, making sure your conversation and your communication is in, is inclusive and it's not isolating anyone. Um, um, support the parents and following routines. So that's a good one because like you said, you go through a fog, like you're just lost, honestly, because I've been there. So you're trying to figure out how to start over and if you want to start over and what it's starting over look like. So as you're going through that, a lot of times going through divorce, you're you, even though people say you shouldn't and you should move on, but you're always worrying about what the other person is doing. Like how are they moving mm-hmm. on? How are they feeling? So as you're thinking about all that and um, you're forgetting little things like uh, putting the, the cookies that you would normally put in there for snack. You're forgetting the Capri Sun to put in there. You're forgetting the blanket and the toys. I'm telling you, been there. So just uh, supporting the parent and following routine. So stuff like, oh, mom. Guess what? I didn't see that blanket in the backpack this week. Do we forget it? Okay, I'm going to send you a little note to make sure that you remember that blanket. Um, Because maybe you were in the midst of packing. Parents could be living when parents split up. We don't know what where the parent is going. Sometimes some parents wind up living in cars. They might wind up going mm-hmm. back home to their parents or the stuff is still packed. So just helping them keep up a routine as opposed to scolding them and just like, you know, you're, everything is not children's services called worthy. Like just because a child came to school with dirty socks on don't mean I need to call children's services. I might need to say, well, um, you, I'm, cause that's the reality. You, you might be in a funk yourself and ha- didn't get up, you know? Mm-hmm. So just helping them follow through with the, with, with the routine is and the, what the rules are because, uh, again, and this is just a, this is a gender thing. This has nothing to do with really divorce, but women seem, seem to be more detailed when it comes to things in line with school than, than the guys right. that's off time. Right. Right. Yeah. So they never remember the rules. They don't never remember <laughs> the time. They never remember the agendas. So mm-hmm. moms, the wives are normally there to help them remember what to do. So I have to remember that dad doesn't have that anymore. Yeah. He doesn't have the wife there to say, hey, this is that. So I can't um, not support him and help him remember tomorrow's off day. Tomorrow the project is due. Tonight, this is how homework is going to go, you know, because I know that she's going with you tonight. So let me slide you this number two pencil. Let me slide you some crayons (laughs) because you probably don't have crayons at your house. And we color in crayon and write in pencil. Opposed to saying, hey, her homework came back and it was all markers on it. He might not have crayons. Yeah. So, you know, just um, supporting and following routines and having some, just being sympathetic, understanding and sympathy is definitely Mm -hmm. a tool just to have because it could be you, it could be someone in your family, and you always just want to think about what the child is feeling and what they're going through. If you allow yourself to be put in that seat of, I'm used to going to bed with mom and dad in the house and here with me and that's not happening no more. And I'm only three and I'm only four, I'm only five. Honestly, it affects people at 16, 17, yeah. you know, um, adults. So just not having that norm and a disruption in your routine is always just something that will throw you off. So that's, that's like the best thing. And I think that that is something that 
you know, I just didn't have that. That was something to take over time and allowing the Holy Spirit to just lead you. Because when you're interceding for people and we operate under a whole nother influence, you know, we, we have the ability to tap into a, a source and a power that is not our own. And the Holy Spirit can lead us and guide us and give us wisdom and understanding when we have none. Yeah. And, and take us to where we need to be. And again, the ultimate goal is to support the child. And supporting the child in this transition, that means supporting you and uh, supporting the father as well. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, a rough patch. But with those things, I, I believe and we know that those things work out because where we have an honor roll student, right? We yeah. have a student that didn't miss a beat. Um, we have a student that, um, that when they, they wouldn't have known, no one on else, the other campus would have even known that you guys were going through it divorce because that's just what it's supposed to be it's not it wasn't a banner for us to advertise it was so that we could help her navigate in her life and growing up and establishing a routine for her at school yeah no completely and I think when you said it is a village you know we hear that phrase so often Mm -hmm. it can seem kind of cliche but it really is like I knew all I had to do was get Ava to school and she'd be fine. So all I focused wow. on was let me just get her to school because she can't wow. sit at home and cry with me all yeah. day. Yeah. So if I get her to school, I know she's going to be loved. Mm-hmm. I know she's going to be taught. I know you're going to let me know if something has gone wrong. Yep. If I need to do something, I also knew you guys weren't going to get in the middle Mm-hmm. of it all. Like I knew her dad could come pick her up and it's not going to be crazy looks or mm-hmm. gossip or anything like that. And so I think all of the tips you laid out show just how important you teachers are, just how thoughtful you guys are, and just how much we should rely on you as mm-hmm. parents and teachers and why it works out. Like you said, now she is perfectly well adjusted Mm -hmm. I think she thinks this is the way it should be she's living her best life (laughs) she has no idea that this is not the original plan for her that this is not you know how things were normally quote-unquote done just a few decades ago she is perfectly fine and I don't even credit myself for that I of course Mm -hmm. credit God and then everyone else like you guys who came in and just helped me like, hey, she should be reading right now. Did mm-hmm. you do the homework? Because mm-hmm. I was terrible at homework at that age too. Mm-hmm. So I remember constantly like, hey, her work came back incomplete. Okay, right. my bad, y'all. I'll get on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, definitely wonderful tips. I'm going to have one last question, okay. which is, is there anything that parents should look out for like in their children's behavior that might show like, oh, you know, they're taking this a bit hard or maybe we should, you know, seek a therapist or something like that. Yes, definitely. Um, watch out for, for signs of manipulation. When your child starts to play one parent against the other, um, mm-hmm. that's a sign that there is anger there um, and there is strife within them okay. and they're finding a way to get back. They're either trying to get back at the parent or they're trying to do something to make them feel better by having a sense of control. Um, and that could be played out in a lot of ways. And the reason why I say look out for that, because that could be the very thing that sends the, pa- the parent through guilt, which will ultimately cause the parent to be more depressed about the situation. And we don't want the parents to make decisions based upon the emotional roller coaster that their child is going through because they have to go through their emotional roller coaster too. So just um, watch out for those signs of manipulation. Like when they, if they are made aware that they can pin one parent against the other, or they start to um, 
they're like more emotional with one or they're more mm-hmm. like over the top or far extreme with one. You just have to watch out for that and okay. um, have an open mind when it comes to uh, what happens at the other parent's house. Mm-hmm. Because that's that kind of thing, you know, and uh, most of the time, most of the separation that the, the parent thinks that the child is feeling, it's really just the parent. It's yeah. not really the child because you said something key. All you knew was to get her to school and that's what they want. They just want to go to school because the school is their escape. So yeah, it's, yeah. it has nothing to do like, cause sometimes you get parents are like, Oh my God, they're, they're at school. They're a wreck. When they get to school, they're fine. Mm-hmm. It's the, yeah, it's yeah. the being in the two places. It's what's what you want to look out for. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you so um, much. This thank was you for so having helpful. me again. Of course. And, you know, we're all waiting for you to release your own podcast because Mrs. Bailey is an expert in like 13,000 things. So (laughs) I'm going to put all of her wonderful details and links so you can connect with her in the podcast description. I'm sure we'll have her back because as she mentioned, she's a fellow divorcee who has now Mm -hmm. been remarried. So she can clearly tell us tons of good stuff. So thank you again so much. And we look forward to chatting with you soon. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, make sure you guys look me up. Follow at Akila Is She. Um, also, I have a fitness wellness program, Body Work Fit. That's W-E-R-K for the work, right? Follow me there. Um, and I'm also a minister of the gospel. So you can always find me and follow me for good teaching, balanced, holistic teaching and wisdom anytime. And thank you again. No problem. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.